I just want to call up um, uh, Diana Horak. She's been traveling to Ukraine. Uh, she's traveled there twice. This is where her home country. Sure, give her give her a round of applause. And she's um, she's traveled there twice, and she's um, she's going back again. This time to an orphanage that's in Germany from children who were dispersed from Ukraine to Germany. And, um, and so she's gonna come with uh, a few other people and minister to the workers there and uh, give them a break. And she's gonna be doing a lot of that stuff and visiting other friends who have been dispersed. And so um, I, uh, she's leaving tomorrow, right? The day, after tomorrow. the day after tomorrow, two days. So is it okay if we just pray for her real quick as a church? Okay, well, Father, I just thank you for this mighty woman of God. God, I thank you that you're using her mightily from her, to, to send her back to her home nation and the nations surrounding it. God, I pray that she would feel your strength, that she wouldn't get fatigued, that she would feel the energy of God just flowing through her, that she can touch these children, God, that she can uh, relieve the workers, God, and that there would be a peace that she carries that's beyond all understanding. Lord, I pray that you would protect her, give her surrounding uh, your angels around her, God. Father, I pray that she, you would just give her the words to say. You would give her uh, divine appointments, Lord, to meet the right people at the right moment, at the right time. And God, we just thank you, and we send her with our blessing in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. Love you. Bless you. Can't wait to hear the reports. All right. I think I got all the announcements out of the way. That's good. You guys doing good? Yeah? Cool. All right. Well, we've been um, focusing on prayer uh, this, this past few months. Prayer is just so important. Um, obviously, we're doing. Uh, we're going to try to be a part of Corona New Mexico. If anyone wants to come uh, next week, because it's a part of. It's one of our core values. And if there's anything happening in the city that lines up with a core value, I'm just all for it. Because we're not. I, I don't believe that God has intended the the church to uh, isolate from one another. I believe God really does want his church to come together, and so it doesn't need to necessarily have the New Life City name on it. If it's for prayer, we're for it. If it's for the presence of God, we're for it. If it's for transformation in your life, we're for it. If it's for evangelism of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we're for it. And so uh, we, we are not territorial in the sense that it's, um, it's only our church and our church alone, but we, we understand the greater value of the body of Christ. And so... Um, and so prayer is one of the topics that I just want to continue on for the next few weeks, and then we'll probably move on to transformation. Um, and last week I talked about prayer is intimacy with God. And if you haven't listened to that message, uh, I'd encourage you to listen to it. I'd encourage you to study even more about it. And I, and I really just want to inspire you to draw closer to God, because as we draw near to him, he draws near to us. And, uh, and so oftentimes our lives can get so busy that we try to incorporate prayer in our daily activities as we go about our day, which, which is an aspect of prayer. Of course, there's nothing wrong with that. But God has also showed us through Jesus Christ that getting time alone with God is a part of the Christian prayer life. And so you definitely need to have that time. If the enemy can keep you from being on your knees or lying on your back, whatever, you, however you like to pray, um, pacing the floor, uh, however... Uh, if Satan can keep you from doing that, he's trying to keep you from having that intimate, close relationship with the Lord. Um, and so uh, I encourage you to continue prayer being intimacy with God. Uh, now I want to talk about praying in the Spirit. 
praying in the Spirit. And uh, there are different uh, views about what this means, uh, praying in the Spirit. Uh, One view, one option, is that praying in the Spirit means praying in tongues, in tongues alone. That's That's one view. We're gonna talk about all these. Another view of praying in the Spirit is praying with the help of the Holy Spirit. Because some translations will say by the Holy Spirit or in the Holy Spirit or through the Holy Spirit while praying, and we'll get into that. And then there's a third option. This is the option that I really uh, tend to lean towards, and that is it can refer to either praying in tongues or praying with the help of the Holy Spirit, and both. In Romans 8.26, the Apostle Paul writes this. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Now, praying with the help of the Spirit is so intricate and uh, integral to our lives. Because um, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. If you've received the Spirit, if you believe in Christ Jesus, you've received the Spirit of Christ. The Holy Spirit is inside of all of you. It's impossible to not believe in Jesus and not have the Holy Spirit residing in you. The Apostle Paul says that your, your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. What is a temple? A temple is where God dwells. And so God is dwelling inside of all of you, uh, God the Holy Spirit. Now remember, we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. One God, three persons. And God the Father is, uh, is, is, is omnipresent. Of course, God is omnipresent, but he's in, he's in heaven. Jesus ascended, is sitting at his right side. And who has been poured out unto us, unto the, unto the, the common day today? The Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit. So God is residing inside of you. The Holy Spirit resides inside of you. And, uh, and, and, and so oftentimes, we don't really lean or take advantage of the Holy Spirit that is with us in our prayer time. And he's right there, the all-knowing, all-powerful, omniscient, omnipresent, um, uh, omnipotent. The, he is with you, and yet... Oftentimes in our prayer life, we forget to even bring him into the conversation. I, I, I often uh, think of inspired prayer. Um, what is inspired prayer? Inspired prayer is often that you're praying and you, all of a sudden, something comes to your mind. You have a word of knowledge, something that you didn't really think up yourself, but it popped in your mind. And, uh, and you just start interceding for a certain person or a certain problem or something that's going on that you had no idea was going on in your life. Have you ever been woken up in the middle of the night and all of a sudden someone was heavy on your heart? Has that happened to you? Well, that is the Holy Spirit waking you up going, pray, 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 pray. And so many times that I've had situations like this or I've heard circumstances like this, they were praying for a certain person and at the moment that they were praying was the moment that person was needing breakthrough. They were in a particular situation, sometimes dangerous, sometimes really, uh, really tough situation. 
praying for a child or spouse or relative or friend, maybe the city, maybe the state, maybe the nation, the burden the Holy Spirit has put on you, this idea, and might be a memory that has come back and it's prompting you and leading you. The Spirit is leading you to pray for this thing. And, 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 and I just wanna just say this now. Just because the Holy Spirit told it to you doesn't mean you have to tell everybody. Okay? It doesn't mean God's saying, well, I've, I've appointed you to just now proclaim this sin that someone's going through to everybody. Because you might get revelation or understanding of a struggle that a brother or a sister is going through and, and God is saying he needs more prayer warriors around him and he's prompting you to pray for that person. Or sometimes maybe the church is going through something and you have no idea, but all of a sudden the Lord's put it heavy on your heart and you're praying for it and you're pressing in for it. It doesn't mean you need to tell me because maybe I'm not ready to hear it. Maybe I'm not, maybe the timing's not right. So you definitely wanna be sensitive to the Holy Spirit when he's um, sharing these things. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but I often will be praying and I come to my prayer time, I come to my time with the Lord and I have nothing to pray about. I just, I'm on empty. Have you ever been on empty? You're like, I just can't, I can't even think of a word. Sometimes I'll, I'll try with thanksgiving and gratefulness and, and that is a great uh, lubricant to starting your prayer session. Just start thanking God for things. If you can't think of anything, thank him for the breath in your lungs. Start there and just build up to it because all of a sudden you'll start remembering things. But sometimes I come to the Lord and I'm not even, I do not even know what to say, and, and, and I'm trying to say things that, that don't even really have a, 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 a desire in my heart, and um, you know, it, I, I feel like it, well, let me just explain some, like a situation, maybe an illustration will help here. So it's like, when I, have you ever been to the restaurant, and you're eating, and, or you're ordering, and you've, you know, you've been talking so much, and the waiter or waitress is like waiting to take your order, and then finally they come and they ask you, you ready? And you all say yes, but you really have no idea what to order. And I, I'm very observant. I've never been a waiter or a waitress, but I'm pretty observant with this, and I'm just, uh, you know, and, and I just watch it, and the person's like, oh yeah, I'm ready to, yeah, 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 you go first. I'm ready, but you go first. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, it's my turn, okay. Uh, yeah, I want the, uh, uh, what do you like here? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, sometimes I feel like, feel like that with God. I'm like, uh, I, um, you know, here you're with God, who is, you know, the beginning and the end, the alpha, the omega, the, 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 the all-amazing, powerful God. And you're like, um, I'll have what they're having. Really, uh, anchovies on your pizza? Uh, yeah, I, I really love that. You know, I don't know. <laughs> if you've ever uh, been to Philadelphia, how many have ever visited Philadelphia? Wow, good for you guys. How many of you guys stopped at one of the cheesesteak spots? It's very good. Uh, it's a very good food in Philadelphia. It's one of our um, five-star or ten-star. Um, Cuisines. It's a Michelin. It's got several Michelin stars. Um, you know, it's funny because cheesesteak. I immediately, if you don't know what cheesesteak is, um, you know, it's a it's an Italian hoagie roll. If you don't know what hoagie is, it's a sub. Um, 
It's an Italian sub roll, and then they got uh, layers or, sli- or chopped up of uh, very slim uh, beef, and then they put um, one of the most um, uh, uh, elegant, classic, um, high-end cheese whizzes on it. <laughs> and, uh, and if you don't know what cheese whiz, it's a orange soupy cheese. And, uh, and, and anyway, these, it's, it's amazing. Uh, Pat's Steaks is one of the famous spots. It'll be a line all day long around the corner for Pat's Cheesesteaks. And then across is Jim's Steaks. And so people will literally eat a cheesesteak there and then walk across the street and eat Jim's to compare them. Um, now, when you're going to Pat's Steaks, they are like really strict about coming to the window knowing what to order. If you don't, you will be embarrassed. Now, how many of you have stood in the line where five people are in front of you and you're just talking and when you get to the register, you're going, um, I'll have, right? They don't tolerate that there. And they tell you as you're in the line how you need to order. You order with wit. With wit means a cheesesteak with onions. Without cheese, cheesesteak without onions. And then you name your cheese. Cheese Whiz, provolone, American. Cheese, you don't knock it till you try it. But anyway, and sometimes I think we feel this pressure when we're praying to the Lord that we actually have to know our order right away. When the reality is the Holy Spirit wants to give you direction in how to pray. And the Holy Spirit wants to show you how to pray. And so uh, we're going to go a little bit further in the word here. We're going to talk about uh, tongues for just a second. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11 is our text. It says, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. This is uh, Paul going through um, the gifts of the Spirit. He says, for, one, for to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. And, and, I, and I believe that, that, that knowledge according to the same Spirit, the utterance of knowledge, is when you have a word of knowledge, like when you're praying for someone and they pop in your mind, or a circumstance pops in your mind, or a person pops in your mind. And to another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one spirit, and to another working of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, and to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues, all these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So in this list, of the, of, the, of the gifts of the Spirit is the speaking in tongues, or in the uh, Greek uh, term, glossolalia, or glossolia, or however else the Greeks say it. I, I don't know. I'm just, I've heard it so many people say it differently. I'm like, no one really knows, do they? Um, I kind of get tongue-tied while I'm saying it. I feel like I'm speaking in tongues while I'm saying it. And, and this, this expression and gift of the Holy Spirit is um, not that everyone has it, but um, uh, 
the Apostle Paul does say that he wishes everyone would eagerly desire all the spiritual gifts. He does say that. So if you're, if you're, if, if you're um, needing a gift in your life, a gift of the Spirit, it's okay to press in for it. It's okay to say, God, I, I, would, I would really desire the gift of prophecy. Or God, I really would desire this gift of tongues or this gift of healing or this gift of faith or this gift of wisdom. Financial Peace University will help you in your wisdom, by the way. Uh, and so uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 2 says, for one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. Now, I, uh, if you do not have a Pentecostal charismatic background, you are visiting or you just tolerate us, um, this can sound really weird. You're like, what is really going on with all of this? This is, this, I just don't understand this. Now, now um, many times in um, Pentecostal churches, I, I grew up in a Pentecostal church, and they'll, they'll be pressing in for people to have the gift of tongues. They believe that it's the first evident of, evidence of the, whole, of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I disagree with that. I, I believe that uh, all the gifts are the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You don't need to speak in tongues to have this evidence, but it is a tool that the Holy Spirit does give us not to speak to people about, but to speak to God about because the Spirit knows what to pray for. And sometimes you don't know. When I've been in some of the most desperate, hard, questionable, have no idea how to get out situations, I start praying in tongues because I know that the Holy Spirit knows what I need to pray for. Sometimes when you I have no idea how to pray about a situation, just start praying in tongues. It doesn't, it's not any good to talk to someone else in tongues. It's gonna be gibberish to them. It doesn't make any sense. But when you have the ability to pray in tongues and you don't, it's like praying with one arm behind your back. Oftentimes, while I'm praying in tongues, the Holy Spirit's showing me things. He's, he's revealing things that need to change in my life. I, I, like, I, I often realize exactly, I have no idea what I'm saying, but I realize what I'm praying about. It's like the Holy Spirit, I'm like, oh, I'm praying about this situation. I can tell. But I don't, know, I don't understand what I'm saying. But uh, growing up in a Pentecostal church, sometimes they will try to get you started in speaking in tongues by everyone just putting their hands all over you and, uh, and you're standing in the center here and, and, they're, and, and they are all speaking in tongues and the pastor or another leader will say, okay, now, uh, now say, uh, untie my bow tie, she's driving a Honda real quick. <laughs> untie my bow tie, she's driving a Honda. Because they think that, the, that, that it starts the motor. That's what they, that's, that's how, it just starts the motor and then just whatever flows, flows out. And then you have this person saying, untie my bow tie, she's driving a Honda or, or whatever. Um, and I, I'm not a big fan of that. It's not very authentic. But I do believe that if you press in for this baptism of the spirit in the sense of speaking in tongues, that God will grant it to you as you press in for it. Now, I, I'll just say right away that there's a free will involved, and it doesn't mean that all of a sudden you, you keep your mouth shut and you're just like, okay, God, do it, right? 
because God co-labors with us. Our, our free will's involved. Sometimes it's just groanings that come up inside of you and you just need to have faith. Do it by yourself, by the way. Uh, you just need to have faith that, that these groanings and all of a sudden God will build and build on that and before you know it, you're, 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 you're praying full sentences in tongues, a heavenly language, a language that's not your own. All right, you guys okay? I hope you didn't... Uh, Lock the doors, okay, guys? <laughs> uh, now, one of the things I thought was fascinating, I remember reading this uh, several years ago, uh, but they actually did a neuroscience study of people who speak in tongues. Really fascinating stuff. Um, and what they did was they took uh, five women from a Pentecostal church in Philadelphia, cheese steaks in hand. Um, no, they took five, it's, it's true, they took five women from Philadelphia, the University of Pennsylvania conducted this uh, study. Uh, uh, the, the scientist's name is uh, Andrew Nuremberg. It's a, it's a secular study just studying how is the brain responding when you're speaking in tongues? What is happening in the brain? Are you using the language part of the brain? Are you using a different part of the brain? What's going on? And most of them would have thought that you're just using the language part of the brain to actually speak in tongues. So what they would do is they would, they would, have, uh, they would, they would give these... Um, patients a uh, radioactive tracer uh, that highlights the brain and they hook them up to a SPECT uh, uh, kind of technology which, which um, shows the active imagery of the brain. And, um, and then they put headphones on them and you know have worship music or praise music and they'll have them start singing. Now when they start singing, there's a certain section of the brain that highlights. And then once they're able to, they start speaking in tongues and all of a sudden, a different part of the brain highlights, a part that is actually not the language part of the brain. It's fascinating. It's a part of the brain that gives you the ability to give up your self-control. Uh, I'll read a section of this um, summary of this study. Would you guys like to hear it? This way you don't have to Google it while I'm talking. All right. I know what you, I know what you guys do. I'm not... All right, glacialela produced a significantly different pattern of brain activity than singing. The team reports a November issue of psychiatry research, neuroimaging. Perhaps the most important difference was a decrease in frontal lobe function, Newberg says. The part of the brain that normally makes them feel in control has been essentially shut down. Another notable change was increased activity in the parietal uh, region. The part of the brain that takes sensory information and tries to create a sense of self and how you relate to the rest of the world. Newberg says, the findings make sense, says Newberg, because the speaking in tongues involves relinquishing control while gaining a very intense experience of how the self relates to God. This is someone who's not a Christian, okay? He's not necessarily, he has no, he's just doing it from a scientific study, he's not trying to give his opinion. Interestingly, he notes the glossolalia responses were the opposite of those seen in subjects in a meditative state. When people meditate on a particular sacred object, Newberg has found that their frontal lobe activity increases while their parietal, parietal activity, you can teach me what that word is um, uh, later, he's a doctor, okay. Activity goes down. 
This conforms with the notion that in meditation, one has a controlled focus while losing a, while losing a sense of self. So this gentleman who studied the Pentecostal uh, people who were speaking in tongues, he also did other studies of, of, of doing the same neuroimaging on monks who are doing meditation and they're different parts of the brain. Speaking in tongues highlights a certain part of the brain that the other functions do not. And the reality is, it's like the ability for us to, to give God all control in that moment. It's using our self-control to give God control. And so, um, and so it, again, it's something that needs to happen through opening your mouth and allowing the Lord to speak through you. Um, and it's not a gift that is given to everyone, but I believe that everyone who wants to press in for it, if you, um, uh, there will be a time and a place where God will grant you that. In 1 Corinthians 14, 14, it says, for if I speak, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Isn't that interesting? What am I to do? In verse 15, I will pray with my spirit but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing praise with my mind also. The Apostle Paul here is highlighting that in our prayer life, both things should be happening. Whether that praying in or by the Spirit is allowing the Holy Spirit to show you things and tell you things and direct your prayer life and or actually praying in tongues. In Ephesians 6.18 the Apostle Paul, after talking about the armor of God, going through putting on the armor of God so you can fight the, the fiery arrows, you know, the, the, um, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, the blessed prayer of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the belt of truth, the shoes of the gospel of peace. After he goes through all the armaments of God, he says this, praying at all times, what? In the spirit, with all prayer and supplications. To that end, keep alert with all per perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Jude 1.20 says this, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. A prayer life that's powerful, a prayer life where you're getting closer to the Lord is a prayer life that's praying with the Spirit. The Spirit of God directing you how to pray. You need breakthrough in your marriage and you don't see a way out, pray in the spirit. Take advantage of your advantage. The, Jesus said that it is to your advantage that I go away. Why? Because he said, I will send the Holy Spirit to you. And for us as believers who have the Holy Spirit living inside of each one who actually believes in Jesus Christ and has accepted him as their Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit is residing in you. Take advantage of it. Pray it. Pray with him and, and ask him, say, Holy Spirit, how do you want me to pray today? Holy Spirit, what am, I, what am I missing that I need to pray for right now? Holy Spirit, would you speak through me? Holy Spirit, would you, would you baptize me in the gift of tongues? Would you, would, you, would you give me that gift so that I can pray in the Spirit as well? God, would you, would you help me in this area? And for those of you who do have the gift of tongues and are naturally flowing in that, some of you, and I'm, and I'm not gonna point fingers, but I'm, I'm, just, I'm just imagining here, some of us have, have, we have, have not exercised that gift, even though we have it. We've forgotten to. 
And the reality is, is that this breakthrough that's going to come, this revival that we love to prepare for, this, the, all the words that are spoken over this house and this city, we will need the Holy Spirit to do it, to carry it, to sustain it, and we need us to be familiar with how to pray in the Holy Spirit. It's powerful. And so I'm not gonna shy away and tell you that, you know, uh, that, that that's just... I mean, there, it's, an, it's, it's impossible to get away from those terms in the Bible because they show up so often about praying with the Spirit at all times. After putting on the whole armor of God, having yourself praying in the Holy Spirit. Take advantage of your advantage. Don't be embarrassed about it. Don't, it, it might feel awkward at first, but guess what? You're alone, except God's with you. And if you're trying and you think that you have the gift of tongues and you're, you're speaking in that way, um, and, and, and maybe you really don't, but you're trying, you, you have no idea, you're, you're, you're by faith, you're just doing it. You know what? I'd rather uh, try and miss God than not try and miss God. And God is so gracious, so kind. You know, when I was riding my bike, when I was first learning, my dad would take me up to the top of the hill of the, of the pavement and get me all centered up and let me go and I would run down there and fall time and time and time again. He wouldn't let me get back in the house until I actually started riding that bike on two wheels. Because every time you try, it doesn't mean it's gonna be successful. So you just, you know, you're with the Lord, try. Allow him to speak through you. Allow him to bring those things to your mind because it's gonna be powerful. And I, and I just wanna encourage you, if you don't think you're an intercessor, if you don't think you're a prayer warrior, you're wrong. Because you have that ability in all of you to pray. And God wants to bring you back to that. Prayer is equivalent to intimacy with God, prayer, praying in the spirit, um, uh, uh, praying that God would uh, use your family, praying for the prodigals to return home. These are all things that accompany a relationship with Jesus. And if, and if Christians, apparently the average Christian doesn't read their Bible. If Christians aren't reading their Bible, if Christians aren't praying, then we're not gonna be able to bring the kingdom in its fullness. It's just not gonna happen. But if we equip ourselves, if we get used to it and practice and, and actually get close to God, then we can bring his kingdom here on earth as he, as he taught us to pray. Why don't you stand? I hope that this series has inspired or encouraged you to pray more. I hope it's encouraged you to get alone with God. I hope it's encouraged you to pray with your family. I hope it's encouraged you to pray for breakthrough. I hope it's encouraged you to bring God into a scenario that you didn't think you really needed him in. I hope it encourages you for the breakthrough that you need in your family, your community, your, your, your job, whatever you need, because prayer is that important. So I would love to pray for all of you corporately. Just bow your heads, close your eyes, assume the position. It's, our God's a happy God. He's a joyful God. So it's okay to laugh. Jesus, I just thank you that we get to pray with you, that Holy Spirit, that you're with us, 
that we can pray in the Spirit. Holy Spirit, that you would wake us up in your kindness, wake us up and have us pray for a particular person, a particular situation. Holy Spirit, that you can speak through us, that the gift of tongues can be delivered to us. Lord, I pray that we would eagerly desire all your spiritual gifts, especially that we could prophesy, but I also pray, Lord, that you would give each of us the gift of speaking in tongues, that we would experience what that's like. We can experience the awesome union that seems to happen so powerfully when we get to do that. So Lord, I pray in people's private prayer times that you would flow and flow powerfully and that there would be an empowerment of your spirit on their life. Lord, I thank you for praying in the spirit, for directing our prayers, for giving us the exact coordinates of the thing that we need to pray for. You're so good to us, Holy Spirit. And Lord, remind us that you're with us, that there's nothing we need to worry about that you're not too big for, God. Remind us that you're here, that we can bring you into a situation. And I just thank you for what you're doing in our church and in this city and what you're gonna continue to do. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Hey, bless you guys. Have an amazing, amazing week. Um, we will see you next week. If you can make it to Corona next week, it's not a drink, it's a location, apparently. Someone told me that, so I said, okay. See you. Uh, if you want prayer, we have people here that'll pray for you. Just come forward. We'd love to pray for you.